You are listening to the Moms Full Circle Podcast, a place for moms or moms-to-be to come together and support one another, laugh together, maybe cry together, ask your most random baby questions to judgment-free, and tune in to hear all things motherhood. As a mama myself, I know the importance of having a tribe to lean on during this wild ride. I hope this podcast will do that for you too. So grab a cup of coffee or maybe a glass of wine, probably the video monitor too, and let's dive in. All right. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Moms Full Circle podcast. I have a guest on the podcast today to talk about working mom life, which I know lots of you guys can relate to. So Jenny is here. She's going to talk us through all of it. I'm going to hand it right over to her to tell us more about herself, what she does, and all that good stuff. Thanks so much. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk all things working mom life. Um, So my name is Jenny Elliott. I host the Career Mom podcast, and that podcast features stories from women or my personal experience of working um, in a Fortune 100 company, so kind of a little bit more tailored to the corporate, like large organization working mom life, because I think that has its own challenges um, when you're kind of answering to quote unquote the man (laughs) and navigating that as a working mom. Um, I have worked for the same company that is a Fortune 100 company for almost 14 years now. Um, I had been there for 10 years before I had had my son. Um, And I just had such a hard transition going back to my career um, that I felt like nobody was really talking about. So that's kind of what spurred the podcast. Um, I live in the Midwest. I have a high energy, crazy four-year-old boy who keeps me busy and lots of fun. And then I have been married to my husband who I actually met at the internship for the company that we both (laughs) now work with. Um, we've been married for almost, um, 10 years now. Cool. Well, so talk a little bit about, you shared that that transition, you know, back to work after having your son was difficult. And I know that you're not alone in that. And you had mentioned too, you know, you were at that company for 10 years. It's not, it's not like it was a new job to you, but it was, you had taken on this whole other role of mom. So what was that transition like for you? It was hard (laughs) to sum it up in one word. Um, I just felt really unprepared for it and kind of surprised when I was going back and just really struggling with it. And then reflecting back, you know, once you find out that you're pregnant, you start researching like what you should be eating, what you shouldn't be eating, what type of exercise is healthy, how can you have the best pregnancy? And then it's on to are you going to breastfeed and how do you do that successfully? And then how do you sleep train? And it's all these things that are about pregnancy and then it switches to the baby. And I thought before going back, I thought the hardest part was going to be deciding to go back. You know, you hear stories of people that go out on leave and then they don't return to their careers. And I knew from the second that I was pregnant that like I wanted to work. I, I knew that that was the right decision for me and my family. So then I just thought like, after my leave, I'll just go back to work and it'll be, you know, the same, 
besides the fact that I'll just have this little human at daycare. And it is so much more than that. And like, nobody had ever really talked about the struggles of it. You know, I, I work for a very large organization. I had seen countless women before go on leave and come back and like, pretend like everything was normal when really you're sitting at your desk, like wondering if your baby's okay at daycare, thinking that they're probably crying all day because you just left them and what a terrible mother for doing that. And then you're trying to navigate pumping times two to three times a day. And then you're not really getting anything done and you're sleep deprived and, 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 and it was all of these things that I was like, I should have been thinking a lot more (laughs) about this. And um, it also took a a little while to figure out that like, it's just a hard situation. It wasn't me failing. And for the first couple of, of months of that transition, I really internalized the hardness as failure. And so that was, that was a lot, you know, at a very emotional stage with an infant anyways. Um, to sort through. And I think that's kind of an experience of a lot of working moms. Yeah. And it's, and it's like you said, you know, you were familiar with this company, so it's easy to kind of picture like, well, it's going to be the same when I go back. I've done this for so long, but it, it is, there's so many balls in the air when it comes to going back to work after having a baby. And I remember I'm a full-time teacher and, you know, I had my daughter in April and I did like a summer work day. That was like just a full day that she stayed with my husband, but just to prepare for that, you know, like I got to have my pump bag and, oh wait, what am I going to do with the milk after I pump it? And then I want to check in on them and see how they're doing. And it's all these new pieces that are already on top of our responsibilities at at our jobs that like for you, how did you find or have you found that balance between mom life, personal life, and then your professional life? Yeah, it took a really long time. I, I think it took the whole like first year back at work to really kind of sort through everything. Um, and it started with just a lot of personal reflection on, you know, why did I feel like I was failing? Who was telling me? And then what am I gonna do about it? And I'll share a a little quick story that kind of spurred that change in thought process. Um, I went back from my maternity leave to a job that I had been in for like three years. So I knew it like the back of my hand. Um, And then when my son was six months old, I thought that was a good time to take a new role um, which job transitions in general are challenging, but then doing it at this stage in my postpartum life was maybe not <laughs> the best timing. And pre-baby, if I was going to learn a new job, like I would stay late and I would learn everything and I would put in the hours and I would show that I was dedicated and I would impress my bosses with how quickly I could get up to speed. Well, when you have a hard stop for a daycare pickup or, you know, he doesn't sleep the night before and I'm like falling asleep during training. It's like, you know, I couldn't do that. And so part of what I realized is that I think a lot of women in the corporate world, especially when you're earlier on in your career, 
you show your worth by doing more, whether that's more hours or like more projects. And so when you can't do that, that's kind of where that conflict comes from. Like, is it okay to just do my job? Which absolutely, yes, it is. <laughs> but it's kind of, you know, learning to roll back those expectations of, you know, when I come back from leave, I'm going to have to just do the bare minimum for a while and that's okay. And that's good. And then as I was transitioning into this job, since I wasn't staying late, um, I was feeling like a failure there. And then I would just carry all of that failure from work at home into motherhood. And I would just feel like, oh my gosh, he's not sleeping and he's crying a lot. And maybe that means I'm failing here too. And there was one day when I was going in the elevator um, to lunch and one of the managers of this new department was in the elevator with me. And he's like, hey, I'm so glad I caught you. Like, I haven't had a chance to tell you how impressed we are. And like, we're so glad that you're on the team and like, you're picking things up and it's great to have you and like, keep up the good work. And he got off the elevator and I was like, me? Like, he's saying that about me? And then I started thinking like, who's telling me that I'm failing? Because it clearly isn't this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten any negative feedback at work that I'm like not getting up to speed or that there's any concerns there. My husband's not telling me that I'm like working too many hours and neglecting our child. Like my friends are, you know, supporting me. And so I realized that all of the negativity was coming from myself. And that actually helped me kind of clear the mental space to be like, this is how I'm going to work moving forward. And that then, I think we I think we don't realize how much like mental energy, mom guilt and negativity like actually takes up. Cause then it was kind of like, I did some mindset work and then my brain just freed up all of this space to be like, how can you be the most efficient and make the most out of your time at work? And then how can you, you know, keep that boundary so that when you're at home, you're more intentional with your son and it all just kind of fell into place. But it starts with that mindset of like, you're not failing, it's just really hard. Mm -hmm. And just embracing that it's hard and I can't do anything to fix it was kind of how, how I've found this place of, I wouldn't necessarily call it balance, but at least like, I don't feel mom guilt around mm -hmm. my career. Um, anymore and that was what a lot of my first year was just drowning in mom guilt mm -hmm. I love that story and I I on this podcast a lot of times I'll hear from moms working moms or things that have to do with like uh, their exercise routine or things around the house or you know their relationships with friends where they kind of tried to keep and I, I've done it too so I shouldn't even say they we tried to just keep everything status quo how it always was prior to having a child and we felt like you said like we were failing or we were skimping out if we were doing the bare minimum or if we were doing things differently but adjusting that expectation and giving ourselves some grace I think is just such a huge part of motherhood I mean Definitely. my daughter's only six months but I can imagine even now with you with a four-year-old you still have to find those times that it's give and take, give yourself grace here because maybe it didn't go to the way that you planned. But 
I love that story that it just took, you know, that one person saying like, hey, we notice you and we're really impressed with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I try to do that for other working women that are preparing for their leave of just like doing them the service of saying, you know, I, I obviously could go into so many details. <laughs> That's why I have a podcast. Um, so I get asked the question a lot, like, well, what do you tell other working moms like before leave? And it's exactly what you said, roll back your expectations and figure out like what this is really going to look like. And of course it's, there's some pieces of, of motherhood and working motherhood that like you, you just can't prepare somebody for, like you can't really explain the mental load uh, Mm -hmm. that comes with, you know, a career and a child. But I just tell them that like, I really struggled with it and it was hard and it took me a while to, you know, realign my priorities and you need to like think through all of these different ways that you're going to operate and think. And it takes, it takes time to do that. And I tell people it took me the whole first year of working motherhood to kind of get to a place where I felt good about it. Mm -hmm. Because I also think part of that grace piece is we don't really look at birth or rape parenting, I guess, as like a long game. And that's exactly what it is. Like, if I look at my career, I didn't get to where I am today when I started. Like, you have to learn a job. You have to, you know, kind of do the basics and then you can improve on things. Like, once you've been there for a while, you know what's going on. And so then once I kind of applied that same mindset to parenting, like, how naive of me to think that I could just show up on day one of work after leave and like have it figured out but so many women yeah that was something that like never crossed my mind until I like looked back and and did some of this mindset stuff but it's like we just expect perfection all the time and then for whatever reason it's so hard probably because I think we're fed the messages that you know motherhood should just come naturally and you should just like know what to do Um, so I try to just tell women, like, it's going to be a challenge. And if you need advice, I have an entire podcast (laughs) on it. Or like, you know, I could give you more things. But I feel like a lot of times when I was asking for advice in my company while I was pregnant, people would tell me, you know, like, make sure you schedule the pumping room ahead of time, which is good advice. But like, there needs to be more around it. Like it just, nobody had shared what a struggle they had. And then after I started talking about this and especially kind of around the identity piece of just that you come back a different person, then everyone was like, oh yeah, I totally went through that. And it's like, well, why aren't we talking about this? Mm -hmm. Like, why isn't this a known thing? Right. Um, We're all going through the exact same struggles and transitions. So let's just normalize it and, talk about it and help people yeah and it's you know we spend so much time I think you had touched on this at the beginning during our pregnancy like building the registry and researching all these things for baby and then postpartum it's more research for baby and you're right there's this whole huge gap that's missing of like 
but what about the mom? You know, yeah. because life changes for them too. And like you said, that identity shift. So I definitely want to dive into that because you talk about that on your page too, that when we become moms, there is an identity shift. So can you share a little bit more like what you mean after that? And maybe like, what did that look like for you and your postpartum experience? Yeah, I truly believe that like after you give birth, you're kind of like birthing a new version of yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I explain it as I, I feel like my transition into motherhood was so hard that I had like an identity crisis. But I think whether you're a working mom or, um, you know, any type of mom, stay at home mom or adopted mom, like every facet at some point, like you wake up the next day and you have a little human that you are responsible for that you have never loved like as deeply and all of these different emotions and experiences. And so you do become a different person and without thinking about the person before, um, you kind of get lost in this like new being that you are. And so I think that's kind of where I was when I went back to work, it was like, well, I used to be able to do this and I used to be able to do that. And now I can't. And it created a lot of conflict. And part of that year where I was kind of figuring everything out, I thought about my identity before I had my son. And that was something that I never really, like you don't, how often do you sit down and think about like who you are right. or whatever, no. you know, it, right. it seems so like philosophical, but it's really important because when I looked back, I realized how important my career was. You know, I had been working for the same company building a career and a reputation and getting promotions for 10 years. And then that is where I got a lot of my fulfillment from because I was working 40 to 60 hours a week. That's where I was getting all of my recognition, my praise, my success. And then, you know, there were other things that I like to do too, like traveling and, and running and, and things like that. So then overnight when you have a baby and you can't, do all of those things anymore it kind of leaves you questioning again like who are you and what does it mean if you have this baby and you can't do the things that fulfilled you and so i started thinking like you know my career is important and that's where i get a lot of fulfillment and that's why it's okay for me to want to go to work and to still want to have a a successful career um and then looking at the other pieces of like you know maybe i can't i've always had a goal to like train for a half marathon i obviously can't do that while i have a newborn baby um but what are ways that i can add maybe walking or getting back in shape to get to those running things because that's important to me and that's a goal that i have and that's good and okay to still have those types of things. And so I have um, like five questions. It's like the who, what, where, when, why, and it's, you know, who are you? Are you, and that could go as far as like mother, daughter, wife, career person, teacher, all of the things, like how do you define yourself? 
and kind of compare that pre and post baby. And then, you know, the questions go into like, what do you do to be that person? How do you get validation? Like what fulfills you? And then you can kind of see the gaps and the holes and start filling those in so that you, you have little pieces of your pre-baby self that still keep you grounded as yourself. And then you've got all of these other new wonderful things that come with being a mom that kind of shape this new identity. I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to steal that and do that for myself. Like it's just, it's a great practice and I could see it going two ways. You know, like you noticed that your career fulfilled you and that you wanted more of that and that was okay. And I could also see some people where maybe they come to that road of like, who am I? Well, I'm a mom. What fulfills me? My baby. Like where if if maybe you find this um, trend of like everything you answer is just about the baby, that's, that's great. That's wonderful. But can we get a little bit more of you in there yeah. because there's nothing, you know, and I, so I think that would be such a great practice for lots of moms to try out to kind of see those trends and then kind of tweeze it out. Yeah. And, and I think you can use it. I'm working on a little bit of a workbook. Maybe I don't know when this is going to air, but hopefully I could maybe have it done so that we could get it out to your listeners too, to kind of just walk, walk through these questions um, because it even goes as far as helping you kind of roll back some of those expectations that we talked about too. Like one of the things being, you know, cleaning the house that gets really hard <laughs> when you have a baby that who knew they come with so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, why do you care about a clean house? Is it because like for me, my physical space affects my mental space so if my physical space is cluttered it's harder for me to think clear but are you somebody that like isn't impacted by clutter but your mom always kept a really tidy house and so you expect that a good mom has a clean house or are you like monica from friends where like cleaning gives you energy or are you someone that just you know kept a clean house because you thought everybody else did the same. And now that's not a priority for you anymore. And so you're going to have a cluttered house. Like that's fine. As long as you're defining why you're doing these things and who told you that, you know, cleaning or working out or having a job was what a quote unquote, like good mom did, like who's defined that good mom. Cause if you haven't defined it, then you're going to be, you know, lost in kind of this identity thing or things are going to feel harder because you're doing it for people or reasons outside of yourself. Yeah. And I think that, you know, this identity shift that comes with motherhood, it's actually like, I feel like we're pretty fortunate that we get to go through if, if people choose to take the steps like you're talking about to really look at, you know, what fulfills me, who am I, how do I define myself? And I don't know, like for me, when I had my daughter, it was a lot easier for me to let go of other people's expectations because the mental load of being a mom was enough in my brain that I just could not. Whereas before, like I was constantly feeling like, well, you know, so-and-so does this, so I'm expected to do this, or so-and-so thinks I should do this, so I'm expected to do it. And I think it's such a great time to go through that identity shift because 
we kind of just don't have time for all that extra BS. So we yeah. can just turn it off and do the things that we actually want to be doing. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I think I think so in the sense of a, a motherhood in general, and then even like in the work world too. I feel like once I got my mind clear, it was like, no, I don't have time to gossip around the, the water cooler. Um, I'm very focused on what I need to do. And I don't think that that, you know, urgent message that I just got in my inbox is, you know, worthy of my time right now because I only have two hours until daycare pickup. And this is what I'm working on today that has the most value. Um, so it, it even transformed the way that I think about a lot of things in the workplace as far as how to be productive with the least amount of time so that I'm not spending 60 hours plus mm -hmm. at the office. I can get my job done and I can still add value in this limited time so that I, I am spending time at home that is now much more important than putting in extra hours at the office. So once you get through kind of that muddled beginning stage that everybody goes through and to your point is very important to go through because if you do it right, you come out the other side with just this clarity on what are my priorities? How do I attempt to balance this? And then what are things that I can do to like correct the areas that aren't balanced? Um, but it's kind of that messy middle that I think people get stuck in or don't like. And one of the, the things that I've learned and told myself too, is that, you know, pre-baby, I think a lot of us, especially like the high achieving women, if there was something in your life that you didn't like, you know, maybe you gained 10 pounds over the holidays or you got passed over for a promotion or you were struggling in, you know, your relationship communication, like, you could dedicate time to those things and fix them. And so I very much had the mindset of like, all right, if there's a problem, I'm gonna fix it. I'm gonna like conquer this negative emotion. And when you have a baby, whether you're in the working world or not, there's a lot of stuff that you just can't fix. Mm -hmm. And you just sit in this really hard challenging period that you kind of have no control over and that was really hard for me to learn how to just sit in some really hard circumstances that I couldn't fix and we just needed time to get through. And so my motto has been that not every emotion requires action. So it's acknowledging, you know, the pandemic is a perfect example of that. Like this has been really hard and I can control certain things in my house, but I can't cure the world of COVID. And so how do I just manage and deal in this really hard, challenging time without feeling like I need to be doing things to fix it mm -hmm. or, you know, have, have control kind of giving up some of that control over your situation too. Right. Yeah. Cause like you said, once, once you have a baby or a child or multiple children, there's just not enough time to deal with all of those things. So you really do learn to prioritize and, and wipe away the things that you can't control. Um, now I did want to touch on while you're here today, cause you did talk about it on your page too. 
everything that's going around with paid leave for yeah. moms. And um, this is a whole a hot topic. But um, for moms that are listening that are maybe not familiar, which I'm sure that many are, uh, can you just give a quick like Cliff Notes version of what is going on with that? But then more importantly, as moms, what can we do to try to stand up to this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> This could be... <laughs> this could be an several, episode in itself. <laughs> several podcast episodes here. Um, so the United States is the only industrialized nation. It is one of seven in the entire world that does not offer any type of federally paid um, parental leave. And that that's embarrassing, honestly. Um, so there are some states, California offers paid leave. Um, So there are some states that have paid leave policies. There are private companies that have paid leaves, but there is no universal policy. Um, So there's a lot of women that are going back to work after two weeks, three weeks, because they can't afford a maternity leave. And if their companies don't offer it, they need to go back to work. And it's even more pressing now because after COVID, 3 million women left the workforce for either childcare reasons or, you know, if you think about if you gave birth during the pandemic, childbirth in and of itself is a really pivotal point for women to decide if they're going to go back to the workforce or not. And if you're working for a place that, you know, doesn't support working mothers or parents, then you're you're probably not going back to the workforce. Um, And companies that have women in their leadership roles are 34% more profitable than those that don't. So this is a huge economic issue. If you think about 3 million women out of the workforce um, and, and not you know, between childcare and and paid leave, there's not supports for them to return. And so there was um, a proposal in the Build Back Better um, bill that initially started with 12 weeks of federally paid maternity leave. And obviously that would come with a very large price tag and was rolled up with lots of other social policies. Um, And so as that bill has been negotiated, that paid federal leave was scrapped from it. Um, It initially was down to four weeks and then it was scrapped. And then um, that was about a week ago, um, the women of social media, like just, and you know, working women in general, uh, got super pissed (laughs) and made a lot of noise, um, called representatives, had social media strategies going on. So the bill is still being um, negotiated, but the when it went back to the house, um, they added back in four weeks of paid federal leave. So as of right now, that is still in the bill and will hopefully be approved um, by mid-November. But this is just so important because even though four weeks is not 12 and, and 12 is even not enough, um, it's just really important to provide a safety net for women. And it, 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 the paid leave and what you could use it for even goes 
past childbirth. It includes, you know, caring for aging parents if your spouse gets really sick. So it just provides a way for people to deal with these major life events without them having to either miss being able to, to caretake or support their families um, or lose their jobs. And so it's just, it's really, really important. Um, and four weeks, I think in my mind would be a starting point. I think if there was a policy that people could start utilizing and we kind of normalized this paid leave, then I think that's an opportunity for, you know, our country to do better and add to it. Um, so that's the Cliff Notes version. I think it's really important, especially in the next couple of weeks while this bill is still getting negotiated for women to continue to make a lot of noise about it. Um, stay on your representatives, email them. There are sites that um, you can go and text and there are auto generated emails. There are scripts for calling. Like it's very easy. It takes less than a minute to reach out to your representatives on this issue. Um, and then the campaign that was kind of going around on social media that I think needs to continue is just sharing what maternity leave is like, sharing what your perspective or situation was when your baby was four weeks. I have had, I featured some of them on my page and I'm gonna continue to do so, but there are women that had complications from childbirth that were still in the hospital at four weeks. There are, you know, NICU moms that their babies were there for months. Um, there's stories of, you know, that we all can relate to like children that just didn't sleep. So you're, you know, you haven't slept in four weeks. You're maybe you have had a several bouts of mastitis. Like there's all of these other things that go into childbirth that I think a lot of these elderly legislature legislators um, and especially men have no clue about. And so getting really detailed and raw has, I think, kind of um, prioritized the issue again, because if you haven't gone through those first initial weeks, you know, how could, how could you understand the impact of them? And so I think women have gotten really vocal, really detailed, um, on why this is so important. And I think that's what needs to continue to happen. And even after the bill is passed or in your own organizations, if I think for so long, women have just been like, oh yeah, we're fine. Like I gotta go back to work. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. We're not fine. And we can't pretend anymore, especially after the pandemic, like going on two years of how the pandemic has affected working moms, like no one is fine right now. And we can't continue pretending that we can just figure it out. Um, so that's that's what I would tell people is just talk about it, share your stories and hold your representatives accountable um, to get this done. And then don't stop making noise about it so that it'll it'll get better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like I like the story sharing because it just makes it that much more real rather than just something that's on a piece of paper. Um, and I had even seen where and that's where it really I mean, I obviously think we need way longer, but it really hit me when I don't know if it was on your page or somebody else's, but they mentioned um, 
you know, if you think about when you get a puppy, you can't bring the puppy home for at least eight weeks, if not more, because they need need to be with the mom for that long. Yet, as humans, <laughs> we don't have that expectation. And it's just like, holy crap. And then you compare it to what's going on around the rest of the world, and it's, it's insane. Yeah, I think on average... Um countries that offer paid leave, federal paid leave, offer at least 16 weeks. Like that's kind of the minimum standard. So, I mean, four fails that by a lot, Mm -hmm. but zero is, it's like disgraceful. It's embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, my company that I work for is a global company and there are women in Europe that have the whole first year of their child's life off. So if you think about just everything that we've already talked about with the identity shift and and everything, and you have the space at home to figure out who you are as a mother before getting thrown back into the workforce, I would have to imagine that would make things a little Mm -hmm. bit easier, Mm -hmm. you know, because I feel like my company has a a very good private policy. So I had 12 weeks at home. Most of that was paid. So we weren't in a a financially stressful situation. And I still struggled. It was not enough time. And I felt like I had just figured out how to take care of this baby. And then it's like, okay, great. You got that figured out. Let's throw you back into the workforce and separate you from this like routine and, and child that you just figured out. And so that just kept spurring on all of the stress of that first year. Yeah. And how much more even like effective and in our careers, you know, would we be, it would benefit the companies too, if moms were given that time and given that space to feel like they could kind of get their feet under them and feel just like respected and valued as a mom and a working professional. Yeah. I almost wish when I went back to work that I like, kept track of like my hour by hour time because by the time you go back and if you're still pumping um you know i worked in a very large office building and so they had you know new mom pumping rooms but it was on the other side of the building so it took me 10 minutes to walk there half an hour to pump 10 minutes to come back you usually ran into people here there so then they're you know asking about the baby and you're talking so there's 45 minutes to an hour, two to three times mm-hmm. a day. Mm-hmm. And then you're so distracted and sleep deprived. Like I was probably doing two hours of like mm-hmm. actual work. Yeah. Yeah. So is that beneficial? Like, right. Right. <laughs> you're not getting your best out of me when I'm coming back sleep deprived and pumping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's, it's ways when, and I, I, I've seen a push on social media too, with this paid leave to get like unpaid labor in GDP calculations or to start putting value and data and numbers around this. Because again, you know, maybe if you're a male and you haven't experienced childbirth, you could understand and appreciate data and numbers. Mm -hmm. So that's another big push that some organizations are are doing and and wanting. But yeah, if I could go to my company and be like, hey, this whole like first month that I've been back, I've given you 
max hours of productive work, the rest of it has just been distraction or pumping, you know, maybe it is more valuable for you to give me that time back yeah. so that I can come and then, you know, give you more bang for your buck when yeah. I come back productive. Um, yeah. But yeah. And, and, you know, I was fortunate enough to go back to a, a desk job. You think about people that are waitresses that are going back, you know, while they're still bleeding or healing from surgeries if they had c-sections and and physical labor jobs like that takes it to a whole nother level too that Mm -hmm. it's just it's unacceptable how our country treats working women um women and mothers in general it's for for how progressive the u.s tries to you know portray itself to the rest of the world this is an area that we are absolutely failing yeah and i'm i'm so glad that moms are getting loud about this and I will definitely make sure to put in the show notes, you know, what listeners could do if they have not already joined in on this movement as far as sharing their stories and contacting their local representatives, because we just need more voices. Um, and like you said, I'm sure we could talk about this forever, but, um, to kind of shift, I like ending the podcast with asking my guests that are moms, how they have upgraded since becoming a mom. So, you know, there's there's so many wonderful things that come out of being a mom, but also I know in my pregnancy, I was scared because I had heard a lot of the negative things too. So, you know, what was one positive thing that you saw within yourself since having your son? Um, I am a better human. He makes me want to be the best version of myself. Um, and that's looked like, you know, being an intentional parent when I'm not at work, um, working on my marriage, making sure that that's in a good place, which is again, a whole nother podcast episode about how challenging that is. But, and then, you know, just thinking about how I have gotten so clear on my values and my priorities. And I started a podcast, you know, like he's pushed me to do things that I never thought would have been possible. Um, and I've found a lot of fulfillment in that along the way. And so I think it does, it all comes back to like, you just, once you sort through that messy middle, you just have clarity on what matters and then putting all of my energy into those important things, um, have just made me better. Yeah. And I think I like how you talk about that messy middle. Like it's not something that is going to happen overnight. You're not going to, you know, have this whole revelation that now you're, you're this prioritized, amazing human. It It's a shift over time and you got to give yourself that time to get there, but it's such a great place to be when you do find that place. Um, and then can you share as we kind of close out just where people can find you and your podcast? Yeah. So my podcast is wherever, um, people listen, it's called career mom. And then I also have, um, a new website, careermompodcast.com. So they can also go there and find all of the, the different, um, episodes. And I have a course that's linked there. Um, they can learn more about me. And then I mainly am on Instagram, um, for kind of my preferred social media platform. So I am at career mom podcast on Instagram too. 
Awesome. Well, I will make sure to put all that in the show notes so that people can connect with you. But thank you so much for coming on today and really just sharing about this whole other realm of motherhood that I think doesn't get talked about enough. And so I love all that you're doing. I'm glad you're able to come on. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I love what you're doing with your podcast too. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Mom's Full Circle podcast, be sure to hit subscribe so you can stay up to date with all of our new episodes. I'm always looking to expand my tribe, so please reach out. You can find me at Caroline underscore Prestano on social media. I can't wait to connect with you, and I'll catch you in the next episode.